0: Hello, Grace. Hi, Zoe. <laughs> Welcome to Hello, Good Humans. Thank oh, thank you. you. It's, so, it's so much fun. I feel so honored. I saw this podcast was was announced and I was like, oh, this is going to be a good one. This is going to be a good one. <laughs> thank you. And I'm I feel honored that you took time out of your extremely busy schedule to sit down with me.
1: Oh, I mean, okay, it's, it's busy, but it's also a lot of airport time. So today's a travel day. And I was like, I know I can make this work. We just had to do a little bit of an early morning. But
0: yeah, I'm excited to be here. And I appreciate it. So for people that don't know who you are, do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about who Grace Sankey is? Sure.
1: I am Grace. Uh, I think the most popular title that I have is Miss America 2023, uh, which is so exciting. I come from the state of Wisconsin. I was born and raised in Wausau, Uh, you know, outside of being Miss America. And once Miss America concludes, I'm a nuclear engineer. I finish up my degree this fall. I'm in my last class right now. Actually, I have to do a homework assignment today. So I got to make sure I get that done. But I also competitively water ski. Uh, I'm a violinist. I love to hike and go outside this weekend. I have a weekend off, and I'm going up to Minnesota and camping in the woods for the weekend. Um, so I, I really just like to represent the women who can, you know, as kind of the branding and the message that I want to say is that there's no limits, there's no borders. You can do whatever you want. Just, just go and do it.
0: That's it's as easy as that, you know, mm-hmm. that's amazing. So I would like to start with a little bit of the, uh, nuclear engineering stuff, if yeah. that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Fun stuff. <laughs> So one of the biggest things that has been said about you this year, and probably through your time as Miss Wisconsin, too, is just, like, she is so freaking smart.
1: Yeah, you know, that comes up a lot. And i it's not, like, the first time in my life that I've had people say, like, oh, my God, she's brilliant, she's a genius. And I, I don't mean to say that in a in a bragging manner. Um, But it's always been so frustrating to me, actually, when people do that, because I I do firmly believe intelligence can be measured in various different ways. I didn't have a 4.0 since my freshman year of high school, which I think is important to bring up because um, I'm not a straight A student. People, you know, that's something that is okay. I firmly believe that this is just my personal opinion. I believe if you have a 4.0, you're either not in hard enough classes or you're not doing enough outside of school. Uh, so I all throughout my academic, I pushed myself to be in, in pretty rigorous classes. That led to me not having that 4.0. Uh, and I also made sure that I was doing things outside of school, too. I just wanted a challenge. I wanted to push myself to the limit and see what I was capable of. And that's something that I think everybody can do, no matter what level of education you're at uh maybe you know and maybe it's not necessarily school maybe you're excellent at sports i was never a great sports person like i i'm i'm 5'11 so people ask me all the time oh you played basketball or volleyball right and i'm like <laughs> i tried i tried sir but it did not go well <laughs> so um i i think that everybody has different strengths and different uh, different positives and that's what needs to be focused on you know and i think that's a really important thing
0: As a not 4.0 student myself, I do appreciate you saying that. In fact, one of the more humbling experiences that I've had is in my fall semester. After becoming Miss Lacrosse Oktoberfest, I actually failed my first class and decided to withdraw (laughs) for uh, the rest of my my reign, so to speak. Uh, I thought that I could do it all, and learned very quickly that I could not. And so it's just interesting when people all year are like, oh, so you're at Viterbo. And I'm like, well, I am part of the way through a master's degree there, but I am currently not (laughs) enrolled. Yeah, see, and
1: that's okay, though, is taking that time to pause. You know, my, my college education is very similar where I took time off of school. Um, I have only had, I think, one normal semester throughout my entire past four and a half years of college. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- and that was my freshman year first semester, right? And then I got hit by like COVID happened the second semester. So that kind of threw things off the rails. And then I I actually took time off of school to work. Um, and I was working in the nuclear industry, but it just makes so much more sense to move at your own pace, move at what is within your skill sets. One of One of my closest friends, Um, she spaced out a lot of her degree to take five years and it works out great where she was able to work one semester and take some time off of school, but also just be part-time and do what works best. And even right now, I mean, that's exactly what I'm pretty much doing too. I'm in one class right now and it's online. And, you know, I did senior design this spring right after becoming Miss America with one other class. And that was like, that was brutal. You know, it was just, it was just brutal. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so it's always making sure to to take time for um, prioritizing yourself and knowing what's the best situation for you. Uh, school is not something you need to rush through. This took me a lot to learn this, actually. It took until I got into college to realize I didn't need to be the youngest kid to graduate. Um, you know, I I when I first got into college, I could have graduated with my bachelor's by 19. Well, I'm 21 right now and I still don't have my bachelor's. So, obviously that didn't work out. Um, I will still, you know, graduate this fall, but it's something that taking the time to slow down, live in the moment, truly appreciate what's going on and what's going on around you has been like one of the most valuable things that I've learned in the past four years you know i'm I'm not I'm not very old I don't have a lot of wisdom but uh that's something that I really feel like has played a major role in me just taking the time to live in the moment and appreciate where I'm at right now
0: mm-hmm. yeah and I I really appreciate you saying that um so how why nuclear engineering and yeah. And how do you, how would you explain it to somebody who literally knows nothing about what the industry is?
1: Yeah, so the story of how I got into nuclear engineering is a fun one. Um, I don't have a good origin story. I always say it's a bad origin story here. <laughs> it's it's just not good. I was a 15-year-old girl that I always knew I would go into engineering. I was very blessed with that. My dad was a civil engineer, so I would go with him to construction sites and see bridges get, you know, demoed overnight. And I loved that idea of, of, you know, seeing something hands-on. And then on top of that, I always found myself gravitating towards science and math classes. I liked the the stark, you're either right or you're wrong. Um, I, you know, my sister's an English teacher and it's really fun now seeing us go like these two total opposite directions, but that's besides the point. So, 15, 16 year old, I was touring colleges, I found nuclear engineering at Texas AM. it was actually, and the only thing that crossed my mind is I was like, that sounds like a really cool major, like I'm like, what a flex it would be to say I'm a nuclear engineer. Uh, and I go back home after doing all these college tours, and I'm talking to my dad, and uh, and I, I ask him, I'm like, okay, so dad, I'm thinking either nuclear engineering or aerospace engineering, What what do you think? and my dad you know puts on his dad voice and he he, he puts on his like mentorship face you know we all we all know what i'm talking about when a parent has that tone uh, and he goes he goes don't go into nuclear there's no future there uh so if you're a 16 year old teenage girl and your dad tells you not to do something your first instinct is to do it right like that's common
0: sense <laughs> absolutely <laughs>
1: Um, so I, I ended up going into nuclear engineering out of spite is what started me in it. And I always say, you know, sometimes that's what it takes. Uh, but then it wasn't until after I really did that first semester as a freshman at, at UW Madison that I learned a lot more about what nuclear engineering is. So something that came to a shock as me, and this is where I feel like my personal journey of how I came to support nuclear is where I can talk about how, what is nuclear, Uh, because when I went into college, I thought nuclear engineering was, you know, bombs. And like, there was like two nuclear power plants in all of America. I'm like, that's it. That's all what the nuclear industry is. Um, And I wasn't really sure. And I, you know, going into my freshman year, I was like, I can always change majors if needed. Um, But once I got there, I learned that nuclear medicine saved my dad's life twice from cancer. I learned that exit signs and buildings have a radioactive isotope in them. You know, it's what makes them still work after the power goes out. I learned that nuclear power creates energy for 20% of America. That's that's insane. That's a very large amount of energy. And it's only about 94 reactors total that do that. I continued to learn about what nuclear can be as well when I worked at a nuclear fusion lab. So, uh, fusion is is the combining of two atoms. So you've got two atoms, and basically, if you smash them together in really high heat, or really high temperatures, really high heat or really high speeds, not temperatures. they can combine into one new atom and sometimes there's like little shards you know if you take a bite out of a muffin there's crumbs or if you you know i don't know can you like smash two like cookie dough balls together absolutely I was gonna say I feel like that's something maybe it's just me I eat way too much cookie dough Um, it's it's fine it's fine I haven't gotten salmonella yet um but there's always like crumbs and the crumbs are what we use as nuclear engineers to create heat create energy which we can then translate into electricity Um, So that's what how basics of nuclear fusion. What we have in America today is nuclear fission. So I remember the difference. Fusion has a U in it. So building up, your atoms are smashing together and building up. Um, Fission is the opposite, just breaking down. and, And there's, you know, crumbs that come off when it breaks apart as well. So that's what we use in power plants today because that's a naturally occurring process where uh, things are always decaying everywhere around us. You know, everything is a little bit radioactive. Everything, you know, you, yourself, my computer, our phones, literally everything in this room, there's always a little bit of background radiation that we're getting exposed to. Um, So we've learned how to harness that incredible power that's all around us and use it to benefit our life and our society. That was really long,
0: I feel like, talking. I'm so oh, <laughs> I, I love it. Um, and I want you to know, I saw Oppenheimer. <gasps> what did I, what did you think? What did you think? Okay, so I have a couple of thoughts. I absolutely loved it, which I was okay. surprised by, but I, I think that I was more enthralled by like the score and how beautiful it was visually. The actors were amazing. I was pretty confused. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, especially with like the time jumping and when they would show scenes in black and white and then color and they meant different things and I think following all of the characters was difficult, but I I thought it was amazing. And then my dad gave me like this graphic novel of basically the story of Oppenheimer, but you know, in a comic book. So then I've been reading that and it's been making a lot more sense to me, but I I felt like I had to see it before we talked because I wanted to be like, great. <laughs> I know, uh,
1: something. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that you went and saw it. I, okay, I thought the movie was great as well. I love that you brought up the score because I don't think enough people are talking about the score. Uh, the violinist in me, like I just, I it's on my playlist. Like it's on my summer hype playlist, the score for Oppenheimer. I'm just like, this is this is who I am. It's Okay. <laughs> But I I completely agree. I was also confused with the timelines because I didn't understand that it was jumping around, which none of this is like, I feel like a spoiler if anybody hasn't seen it. If you haven't seen it, highly recommend seeing it. It doesn't talk a lot about nuclear technology. It talks about the political climate and the psychological struggle that, that Oppenheimer had to go through because when you're tasked with something like that, with creating a weapon that you know has that effect a lot of people don't know I I talk about this a little bit but at one point they bring this up in the movie which I feel like it's not a big deal to talk about at one point scientists didn't know if the chain reaction from an atom bomb would stop meaning mm-hmm. the entire planet and atmosphere would be like bye bye so there's a lot of psychological dilemma that goes into that when you're learning this new science and creating this new science. And unfortunately, the first time this science was used was for a bad purpose, was for a wartime purpose. Um, And that's, that's a heavy, heavy way to introduce this incredibly powerful and useful and uh, effective technology to the world you know that's not a great first impression and it's been 70 80 years since the start of the nuclear industry really and we're still combating that impact and that uh, stereotype that kind of goes into the word nuclear uh, which is which is really tough but the movie oppenheimer i think is excellent for anybody to go and watch well not anybody it is rated r and i think that
0: that's important <laughs> there are definitely me. some boobs <laughs>
1: there is there is some yeah not anybody don't bring your kids um but it is a very very good movie that i loved uh it 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 it's more about humans than it is about science uh which is just really incredible because that's where stories come from that's where
0: incredible powerful feelings come from is is people and i loved that i think one of the m- more moving parts for me was when Um, And again, I hope it's not a spoiler, but he's I mean, this is historical. People know that this happened, but he's talking to the president at the end. And he basically says, like, I'm afraid I have blood on my hands. And president kind of gets angry, like, dude, I was the one that dropped the bomb. Like, I have blood on my hands. But I cannot imagine. What Oppenheimer or any of those scientists would feel like, because you know there there had to be this element of like they they probably didn't believe that it was actually going to work until it did mm-hmm. they were so focused on like the success that they maybe right. didn't realize what what was going to happen to all of the people and that that hit me hard yeah
1: it's 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 intense and that's where i think like i i went and saw it with my family and my dad was with us and it was really kind of a moment afterwards because we walked out of the theater and and my dad looked at us and he's like well it's great to know that politics hasn't changed in 50 60 years like Mm -hmm. that sort of stuff still happens today which is scary Mm -hmm. um one thing that i i actually want to mention that i didn't feel like they stressed this enough in the movie um so the the manhattan project and all the whole project of creating the bomb was insanely large like the amount of people that worked on it was incredible now what they didn't talk about in the movie they kind of did but i think they didn't stress it in the right way yes they compart- they compartmentalized it and honestly they succeeded a lot of the time i think in total most of the people of the thousands of people that were working on this project maybe only five to 10 of them actually knew what they were building, like actually knew what was going on. Um, Oak Ridge, the place where they enriched the uranium um, is is in Tennessee, it's in near Knoxville. They had about 2000 people working on that project, if not more. And it, it was the largest, I think it was like, don't quote me on this. It was like the largest building at the time to ever be built in America when they first built that fuel enrichment facility. And. Um, and people would go to work and they had no idea what they were doing. Like they had no idea, they knew their job, they knew what they had to do, but they didn't know the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Um which is just like such a mind-boggling thing when you think about it that you have thousands of people working on this project in Tennessee, in Washington, you know, I went to the Hanford nuclear site where they enriched the the plutonium and everything um and that's just like it's it's insane how large of a site that is where people just didn't know what they were doing they knew they knew how to do their jobs they knew how to do their jobs well but they didn't know the bigger picture um which is just mind-boggling so when oppenheimer you know does does have that conversation he is one of 10 people that truly knew what was going on and that's why that moral dilemma was there that psychological dilemma and everything like that but Mm yeah yeah
0: now wow. that one, it's Oppenheimer. It's a good movie. Highly recommend. <laughs> That's gonna be the title. Grace Stanky Oppenheimer review. <laughs> Honestly, I was like, I didn't think we'd go in this direction, but I'm good with it. I love it. <laughs> um, well, let's change directions a little bit because I do want to talk about you being Miss America, your journey here. Um, I would love to just talk a little bit about what the last—I don't know how long you've been competing, but like starting with teen, 10 years? Um, About seven. So oh I started competing
1: in 2016. It was my first year competing for Miss Wisconsin's Outstanding Teen. I went as an at-large contestant. I had just turned 13, which is the youngest you can be. Um, maybe like, a month and a half before going to state. Uh so I went into it with like super I I didn't have a director. I had like this one woman that she was helping people who were at large is and just like a good re- resource, but I went into it and had no idea what was going on and I wanted an opportunity to perform my talent. I loved that scholarships were being offered, but other than that I didn't really know much else. Uh, I did it. And so that year, this is an important detail that'll come into play later. Kyleen Spanbauer won that year, actually. And she is a baton twirler, ended up going on to twirl at the University of Iowa as their golden girl, like super incredible, amazing human, and one of the kindest people I know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I decided I was like, I'm in, you know, I loved competing. I loved the women I met. I loved that It was a place where it was cool to be successful. It was cool to be kind. Uh, It was cool to be a good person, right? I I feel like a lot of teenagers struggle with this throughout high school where there's certain pressures and there's certain uh, stereotypes and there's certain feel almost like social obligations that you feel like you have when at the end of the day you don't. Uh, and, and the Miss America organization was a place where I truly felt like I had found a good group of people that I enjoyed spending time with, that I loved getting to know. And I wanted them to succeed as much as they wanted me to succeed. You know, there was true support going both ways, which I, I didn't realize this until, honestly, a year ago that I this is why I just keep coming back. It's be, truly because of the women. Um, so I, I competed for a second year in the teen division in 2017. Uh, I became Miss Wisconsin's Outstanding Teen in 2017 then and went on to compete at Miss America's Outstanding Teen. Didn't get a single placement. I got the participation pat on the back scholarships and, and came back home to Wisconsin. You know, I was very proud, very happy with how I did. Um, but I I just think it's important to mention that because obviously now here I am as Miss America. Then I took, I was only 15 or 16 at the time when I, when I wrapped up my year as Miss Wisconsin's Outstanding Teen. So I then had to take some time off before I could compete again. And I actually really value that time away from the organization where I was just watching and I was just spectating. Um, I I will say, I, I think one thing about this organization is sometimes you get sucked into it and you kind of put everything else on pause to try and become Miss Wisconsin or Miss Wisconsin's teen. And those two or three years, my entire like personality changed a little bit. Like I just, I grew up, you know, I went from being a teenager in high school and then I went into college and everything about my life changed in terms of priorities and in terms of who I was. Um, Not saying that I was a bad person before or something or a bad person now, but I I really grew into the woman I think I was meant to be. Mm -hmm. So then I got into my freshman year of college. Uh, I realized college is really, really, really expensive. And I was like, these tuition bills are not my friend. (laughs) Um, So I came back when I turned 18 then Uh, Actually, I wasn't even 18 when I first won my first local title. I was still 17 because I would turn 18 by state, which allowed me to be eligible. But I became Miss Madison. I had competed in one Miss local before that, and I actually... Um, I'm going to talk about that, that local competition, the first time I competed in miss because that interview. So there's a big difference between teen and miss interviews. The first miss interview I ever did, I walked out and I'm like, that just wasn't fun. And I, I normally like have fun with interviews, but I remember walking out and I'm like, that was not fun. I did not enjoy that. Um, but I was still signed up for the competition the next weekend. So I I ended up going and I uh, ended up winning and becoming Miss Madison then and going to the state competition that June. And I, I, you know, I had a ton of fun that year that I placed top 10. Uh, It was the year Jennifer Schmidt won. So Miss Wisconsin 2021. And, you know, I, I had a good time. And, I think after that, I, the second year I came back, I knew that honestly, this was going to be my last year competing, which I know sounds super cliche. Um, but I was planning on at that point, I would have been, competing for Miss Wisconsin. And then if I hadn't become Miss Wisconsin, I would have finished out my senior year of college and moved out of state because realistically, I'm probably not going to be staying in Wisconsin. Um, So in that sense, I was like, well, I'm not going to compete in any other state. Wisconsin is my home. Wisconsin is the state I want to represent. So this last year is just it's going to be it. You know, we'll see what happens. I'm going to full send it, go into it with no regrets. Uh, I, I never wanted to ask, like, be 10 or not 10 years. That's a bit dramatic. Like even just a year after the state competition and ask myself, well, what if I had done this for my talent? Like I always said, I wanted to do this for my talent. So what if I had actually done that? Uh, so that was kind of the mindset I had going into this last year of competing that I did where I just had no regrets. And I was like, I'm just going to be 100% grace. And I I was equally excited to have the opportunity to become Miss Wisconsin as I had the opportunity to not be Miss Wisconsin as well. Um and that carried through into Miss America as well because I was equally excited to be Miss Wisconsin um I was equally excited though to finish up my senior year of college and move and go and do I and go go work and like be an adult and get an apartment and buy a plant and get a dog you know like stuff like that so <laughs> I can't I got a plant this year it's a basil plant and it's dying right now I
0: don't know what I'm doing wrong so <laughs> plant people please help I'm not a green thumb so I, I I, I have nothing.
1: <laughs> I have tried so many times, and I think I want the ambiance. I want to be, you know, a good plant caretaker, but I'm just not. <laughs> um, so I, I ended up going in and I competed for a sweeps title. I became Miss Badgerland. Uh, and then from there, I went to compete at Miss Wisconsin. I became Miss Wisconsin 2022. Kyleen Spanbauer was my first runner-up. So then I went to Miss America and I had a very similar mindset where I was like, hey, whatever happens, happens like life is life. I'll figure it out. Uh, and I ended up becoming Miss America, which is a wild thing and still still, you know, a learning process as it is. And with that, you know, Kyleen became Miss Wisconsin once I became Miss America then. And it's been a whirlwind of the past seven, not seven months what is it? It's September right now, nine, 10 months, something nine. like that. Yeah, nine.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's been, it's been a while. So September 12th. So I was crowned December 15th of 2022. So about 10 months, if I do my math, right. I yep. promise I'll get math. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so it's, it's been a whirlwind though. You know, I've done about, I think 130,000 miles of travel, Since January of this year, and it's been it's been busy, but my favorite part about this job is truly the people I meet and the stories I hear. And the the fact is, is that Miss America is someone who changes every year, but Miss America is a household name. Grace Stanky is not. So when people come to talk to me, they're coming to talk to Miss America, but it's Grace Stanky who listens And I think that that is truly one of my most like favorite things about being Miss America is having this opportunity to listen to people's stories. You know, I've had people come up to me in the airport as I'm walking to my next flight and they're like, hey, you are you're Miss America, right? Like, can I tell you about my brother who passed away because he was killed by a drunk driver? And I really want this story to be out there. I want people talking about it. Um, and, and, and it's that opportunity to be able to share it in moments like this and to be able to recognize that everybody has such a powerful and incredible story and passion. And, and I love that because I get to hear about everybody's passions and it's so cool. I just, I love, I love people. I love humans. I think that, you know, I love good humans. Hello, good humans. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that that's something that being Miss America really allows me to do. And, and I, I just, I love it.
0: Has it been what you've expected it to be? Oh, absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what has been like, you know, what are some of the things that have shocked you the most? Well, being Miss America, it is it is what
1: people don't know is that it is a job. You know, this is what I'm doing for the year. I have to put Miss America above everything else, including things like school. You know, I made the choice to still do school online, which is not very traditional, historically in the past, Miss Americas don't do that. But, you know, when it comes down to it, I, I have to make sure I am being Miss America before I'm being a student. That led to me getting a C. That led to me getting, you know, not exactly great grades. Um, I usually talk to the professors before I take the class to say like, hey, can I have some flexibility on deadlines and everything? But that still means that, you know, I'm not necessarily putting that full effort in. Um, but being Miss America is a job and like any job there is, is goods and there's bads. And it's a very, it's a very emotional job. Um, and I think I would even say this about being Miss Wisconsin too, where I would go from some of the highest highs and then all of a sudden I'd be in the lowest low. Uh, it's just truly a roller coaster, but learning how to handle that is a blessing. Um and, and, those highest highs are truly what I love. You know, I've, I this month, I've really tried to do better about kind of collecting, um, things from this year which sounds weird but just like little things from appearances and writing messages on them. So I've got this box where like in one spot there's a seashell where when I was in Maine um my Miss Vermont came up and she was my my tour manager while I was there and we were walking out of the event and it was just such a fun event. It was a fundraiser for Miss Maine and I got to just see so many awesome people play my violin and I learned a lot about Maine, you know, I held a lobster which I'm terrified of lobsters. <laughs> Um, so we're walking out of this event, and you know they've got all these pretty decorations, and my Miss Vermont, Alexina, she just takes a seashell and is like, "We're keeping this," and I'm like, "Why? Like what?" what? And, and I mean, it's just a small seashell; it's not a big deal. Um, Alexina, I promise I'm not throwing you under the bus, but <laughs> but I have like that little seashell in my little collectible box that you know, I know five years from now, I'm I'm going to pull it out and I'm going to think about that memory and I'm going to think about, you know, the good times and the laughter. And that's just something that is so, so incredible. Um, I, I mean, being Miss America is not what I expected in the way that it's been better in some ways. And I have loved
0: that. Nice. Um, I know this is something that you're super private about, but are you still in a relationship? I am. Yeah, I can say that. I feel like that's fine. I am. Yeah. (laughs) How uh, how is it balancing a relationship and being Miss America?
1: It's tough. I, I will say I feel very lucky because he has been truly probably the best person for my support system throughout this whole year. Um, and I feel very, very honored about that. I think that we had a very good relationship going into it and we will have an even stronger relationship coming out of this year. Um, and it's, it's truly been a very valuable part of this year where the lowest lows, that's the first person I call. Um, and I'm I'm thankful for that. It's been tough, you know. There's times where right now, September and October, I probably am gonna have a couple of three or four week stretches where I won't be able to see to see him. But um, you know, we figure it out. We were long distance before, and then we were together in college, so we were back to being like we were short distance, and now we're back to long distance. So it's just tough like transitioning that. But at this point, we figured it out, we make time. Uh, we will always make time to call each other and and just spend time with each other, whether it's over the phone or in person. Um, I'm willing to, when I'm home, you know, if I can drive the hour I need to see him, then I'll do that. Um, but it's, it's unfortunately not too often that that happens. But I've been able to be very different from like the stereotypical Miss America, I think, in the sense that it used to be that you traveled 365 days a year and they just wouldn't let you go home except for Christmas or Easter, which to me, I made it very clear that I'm like, that's an incredibly unhealthy workplace environment. Um, and now that we're moving into like this post-pandemic world, because, you know, once the pandemic hit Miss America, all of a sudden spent a lot of time at home. Um, but this year, I feel like truly has been the first year of a post-pandemic rain and i i made it very clear that i'm like there needs to be boundaries with with the workplace i need to go home and do laundry like i need to be a human being Uh, And I've been able to, you know, for pretty much every three weeks of work, I make sure I have one week off. It's about, you know, like any other sort of workplace then in that scenario where you can balance real life with your job. And this doesn't consume you then because it shouldn't. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's just, to me, what I thought was one of the biggest problems with being Miss America. And I wanted this year to be different. I wanted it to be better. And I hope that this stays for future Miss Americas where she gets that choice at least she can choose to be gone for 365 days a year but if she wants to be home she can for a period of time and um, I think that's a really valuable thing it's good for mental health it's good for the people you know sometimes there's nothing better than coming home one sleeping in my own bed and then two waking up to like my parents dogs wagging their tails because they want me to feed them at 6 30 in the morning you know <laughs> and it's mm-hmm. it's just the little things that I think um remind people of who they are and sometimes
0: you know you got to take time to do that okay so i remember uh maybe pretty shortly after you became miss america you had posted on social media that you were needing to take a a social media break ah because it's mental health (laughs) and uh i'm just wondering if you can talk a little bit about what it has been like kind of stepping into this celebrity spokesperson role where suddenly i mean your social media gained followers rapidly and how how you've how you've dealt with that
1: yeah it's it's been tough so that for the context of that scenario because i think it's important Um, Miss America booked me for an event where president Trump was present and I had a picture with president Trump. Uh, you know, when you're in that circumstance where you don't know that that's going to happen and all of a sudden you have somebody comes up to you and says, president Trump wants a picture with you, you know, what are you going to do? It's, it's like, it's a, it's a very tough scenario because Miss America is expected to be polite, kind, sincere, you know, all of these things. Um, so no matter political beliefs, I, I had a lot of people, attacking me i had a lot of people saying things to me that i just the biggest frustration for me wasn't even about it being with trump it was people assuming things about the scenario when they knew absolutely nothing about it um so honestly actually ever since that day i've turned off all social media notifications and i haven't gone back it's been really wonderful it's been so much better for me and my focus you know i sometimes can fixate on that stuff uh, where people want to attack me and my character and things like that, which I'm at the point now where on the nuclear front, I had a politician from Georgia uh, literally refer to me as a beautiful young thing on Twitter. And I'm like, oh, that's really wonderful. Uh, It's a very fun, fun, 26 long tweet thread. I highly, highly recommend reading it for entertainment. Um, But so that stuff doesn't go away and it never will now at this point. But I think the biggest thing that with social media growing and all of a sudden becoming a big part of being a public figure, um, the biggest shock for me was that it transitioned from what was just a fun thing for me where I would post, you know, fun pictures and stupid content, in all honesty, just like fun things that I liked. All of a sudden, it became work. Uh, even though it's not the Miss America account, uh, Miss America accounts because I don't run those. Um, even though it's not those official accounts, I still have to be very, very careful and like think about things and make sure any sort of grammar mistakes are not there and things like that. Which is just a really interesting thing, and I don't know. Social media is a is a tense thing just because I'm not I'm not into the whole like brand deals. I don't really do that. It's just not my thing. I like to make fun content and I've really been able to still this year post things that I want to post. You know, that's the one thing that my personal account is what I can control. Um, I still post things that I want to post. I just have to be a little bit more conscious about it and a little bit more um, careful about, I want to tell the story in my way, you know, Mm -hmm. because there's, there are certain things where, it's important that it is told from my, from my voice and my thoughts and my perception as well.
0: So you will be, well, do you know when Miss America is this year? Nope. Okay, cool. (laughs) Well, um, (laughs) I, Ben and I have talked. I think we're going to try to come no matter what it is because Lila and I have gotten really close and I would love to support her and, you know, it's kind of like how, how many people can just say that they went to see Miss the Miss America competition. I mean, why not? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it, I would get to see your farewell and all that. So I'm, I'm hoping that it lands in a time that is that I'm able to travel, but, um, what, what comes after being Miss America? Do you have, yes. do you have any ideas?
1: Yeah. So for context of the competition, all I know is January. Like that's the only thing that I I genuinely do not know anything except that. So <laughs> if I could, I would like, I but I, I genuinely don't know anything yeah. else.
0: Do you know uh, where or is that not? Nope. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't got I'm like that. trying to get the tea and you're like, <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I
1: genuinely don't. That's the thing. I'm like, you know, I wish I could tell anybody anything, but I'm like, I just don't have any information. Uh, I think it's funny because so many people, this is an unexpected thing about being Miss America. I have so many people that'll ask me, you know, questions about the organization. And I'm like, bro, I have zero inside information, like absolutely none. <laughs> I Miss America is probably one of the most removed like employees from what's going on within the organization, um, which I think is just really, really interesting. But that's besides the point. Uh, So after this year, you know, I've kind of been going through and finally establishing this and figuring this out because this was a big question for me, too, about what's next. Uh, honestly, one thing that I am excited about is not a lot has changed. You know, I, I think it was really important to me that Miss America does not change my being. It does not change my personality. It does not change who I am at a fundamental level. Um, and I think I've been able to stay true to that. I'd like to think uh, if you think otherwise, please tell me. But <laughs> um, I, so I'll still be doing nuclear engineering after this year. I just accepted a position where uh, I'll be moving out east. What it did change though is Miss America, being Miss America and being a nuclear advocate has shown nuclear companies, what value an advocate has. So now it's actually opening up a new sort of job career plan for people to go into where they can be an advocate for a company specifically. They can be a spokesperson, they can work on the policy, but also do community outreach. So I'll be starting with like a hybrid role with both engineering. It'll be mostly engineering but I'll still keep doing the advocacy um, as part of that position, just because that's an important thing to me. It's an important thing to the industry. Uh, And there's not many young people advocating for nuclear. We are seeing a lot more coming out in support of nuclear, which is so, so exciting. Um, I, I think one thing that people don't realize is what has been able to be accomplished in the past four years amongst nuclear is when I started advocate, advocating um, four or five years ago, people, most of America was not in support of building new nuclear or a nuclear energy overall. Just this year, we have seen 55% of Americans are supporting nuclear energy and new nuclear, according to a Gallup poll. Uh, and then from there, you know, on the legislative front, in the past probably decade, not 2023, but years before 2023, there were maybe like a dozen, two dozen bills proposed in support of new nuclear. Between January and July of 2023, over 200 bills were proposed. We're seeing this growth happening both on a social and societal front, but also on this legislative and policy front, which is what we need to be starting with on behalf of the industry. So that is what I'll still be continuing to do after this year, because that's something that's really important to me. Uh, The one unexpected thing that came up out of this year is I give a lot of speeches as Miss America. I do speeches probably like anywhere from four to 20 times a month, like in terms of frequency of how often I'm giving a keynote speech or on a panel and that sort of thing. And it really shocked me when my my Miss America booking manager sent me an email and she's like, hey, this person is booking for March, 2024. Uh, and, you know, I'll just send them to you to handle. And I'm like, oh, wait, someone wants to book me? Like not as Miss so that's been like a new thing where I've had a lot of people that uh, still are interested in this is this story and this message. and that just shows that Miss America is a launching pad, but it's not being Miss America that makes your message. It's not being Miss America that makes who you are. It's only you that can do that. and it's your message and your story that people want to hear. Um, and I think that that's something that's really incredible where I've been, you know, developing speaking engagement, like, like speeches for 2024 now and, you know, planning even into 2025, which is just incredible. Cause I never thought that that would be like my like side gig, you know, I, I, people have like side gigs and I'm like, apparently mine is public speaking now. So
0: <laughs> I am, uh, I am oddly enough experiencing the same thing uh, on a very, very local level, but. Mm-hmm. I've had a chance as Miss Lacrosse Oktoberfest to share my story about body dysmorphia, eating disorders, all of that. And I have a presentation tonight, and I'm not Miss Lacrosse Octoberfest anymore. I have one in October. The school district of lacrosse reached out to me and asked if I would come and speak to young women, especially. But I was, and I and I, at the time I was like, Yes, but you know that I'm not gonna be Miss LaCrosse Oktoberfest anymore. And they're like, we don't care. We just want, we want you. And I was like, what really? <laughs> yeah. well, that's something
1: that's like, and this comes back to that whole message about, I, I don't want people competing in Miss America to get lost in their title and things like that, because I'm like, it really is. It's about you and people want to hear your story. It's just a crown and a sash at the end of the day, what you are saying can only come from you. And that's just like such a, it's such a beautiful thing. And it's what I love about this organization because it does promote that, but seeing what happens after is even better to me. Like seeing all of, all of these women go on and continue speaking, continue advocating for their, their social impact initiatives or community service initiatives, whatever that is. Um, And, and being able to promote that and just do good is like, I, it just makes me so happy because I love that. <laughs> that's what, that's what we need is just people doing good in the world. And I think that, um, you know, I think that our generation is really the generation that's not afraid to to do that on all fronts, which I think is just super cool.
0: I love it. Yeah, I don't think I I would have started the podcast had it not been for my experience the past year. It, it's something that I mean, I I have this little this little journal and I, and I had stickers made. So you'll get one of these in yeah. the mail. <laughs> but I have this little journal that I've I've truly been writing in since like, oh, well, when is the first one? November of twenty twenty one. And I'm writing about my dreams of having a podcast, writing like guest ideas and all this stuff. And it it sat there for like a year and a half. And it was it was really just at Miss Wisconsin Week where I was like, you know what? Why do I have to wait to do this? Like, I should I should do this now. And then like the week after Miss Wisconsin, I was like, hey, who wants to be on? Hey, hey. I love that, though. And that, and that just proves the
1: point that like, it's, it's a growing experience, but it's not the final experience. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's just, it's so cool. It's so cool. I, I love seeing women do amazing things. Some of my favorite things have been, you know, seeing our local class. Uh, so from the year I competed, um, you know, watching my local class and even now this local class go on to do things. It's been so awesome to see my state title holder class that I competed with at Miss America. They've all finished their years. I'm the only one still in it right now. <laughs> and They're going on and doing such awesome things, you know, hearing stories about one girl who's uh, training to be a surgeon. And uh, hearing her stories about her day-to-day life, watching um, another, my Miss Texas is running for office down in Texas. My uh-huh. Miss Vermont moved to Boston. My Miss California is like traveling the world right now. And I'm just like, it's so cool to see people doing awesome things. And it just, it makes me happy. It really, really does.
0: One of your uh, your classmates, I guess, uh, that I, I think I may have a little bit of a girl crush on is Miss New York. Uh, I I love her her social media
1: is so good yes she is incredible and there's a reason she's got over a million followers and like she is just genuinely I her and I have had a lot of really tough conversations this year um there I've had a couple phone calls with her that you know looking back on it and I'm like I I probably should not have called Taryn just because I'm like It's so unfair to put some of this weight on her. She was my first runner-up at Miss America, for those of you that don't know. Um, So I I can't imagine the feelings. And, you know, she has been such a good person and such a strong emotional rock throughout this year as well for me, where it's been so valuable. I've also reached out to her where I'm like, hey, do you know anything about contracts for public speaking? You know, I'm like, I know nothing about this. (laughs) Do you know anything And I just think that speaks to to Miss America and the type of women that you meet, that no matter what happens within the competition, you truly get to know them. And they are your friends. They are your cheerleaders. They are your supporters. Seeing all of my, my Miss America women that I competed with has been so special, whether it's in Arizona or Texas or New York or wherever it might be. It's just like it makes me so happy because... Everyone is there to support each other and cheer each other on. And I think that translates not just at the national level, but at the state level and even at the local levels. Yeah. Um, I, I loved being at Miss Lacrosse Oktoberfest for when I was Miss Wisconsin, actually, when you got crowned, because that's a local that you guys spend a lot of time preparing for the competition and a lot of time together. And it's so neat because you see the, the companionship that's built up between all of the girls and just the genuine friendship,
0: and it just it makes my heart so happy. I love it. You know, I I have really fond memories of that night. I mean, for many reasons. But, <laughs> yeah. but that was when we met. And I had never done a pageant before. I had followed a lot of people on social media. So for me, it kind of felt like almost meeting celebrities because it was, you know, I followed you. I followed past Miss Wisconsin's. But like, for me, it was these people that I'd never met. And I think that you really set the stage for how I wanted to, you know, really live out my year because I was like, oh, Miss Wisconsin's coming. I have to make sure that I'm so perfect and polite and ladylike and Not that you aren't those things, (laughs) but like you walked in and you were just such a real person. You gave all of us the time of day. You shared your earrings with us. You asked if we needed anything. Like you technically had your own dressing room, but you spent a lot of time in the main room with all of us. And like all of those things, I was like, oh, my gosh, like Miss Wisconsin isn't on this like pedestal miles above us. She's just a real person. and you know, even, even after you became Miss America, we saw each other right away in January. And I was like, all nervous again. Like, is she going to remember me? Like, (laughs) but of course you did. (laughs) You know, it's just, I don't know. It it just, it it meant a lot to me. And um, I just, I thank you for that.
1: Oh, well, thank you. It means so much hearing that. And and you know, I, I think that there's no good in me like locking myself away and addressing them right. What am I going to do? Sit on social media and fixate on weird comments? Absolutely not. Um so I I just I think that the people are truly just the best things about about this whole role and being Miss Wisconsin, being Miss America. I I I love that you said that where she's not on a pedestal because I don't think Miss America should be. I don't think Miss Wisconsin should be because it is anyone and everyone that can be Miss Wisconsin as long as and that's and that's just truly incredible because there is no definition of what Miss America is or should be. There's never been a nuclear engineering Miss America, you know that and that's fine. It's something that we can have different types of people involved in this. We can have different mindsets, different goals, different missions, and that's what makes it so cool is it's so diverse in so many ways and It's truly one of my favorite things about um, the year that I competed specifically, both at Miss Wisconsin and at Miss America. I felt like it was just one of the most diverse classes in a way of occupation, in a way of body types, in a way of ethnicities and things like that, that there was a person for everybody to look up to. There was a person for everyone to relate to. And I just think that that's so, so incredible. And I I hope that that continues on, you know, for as long as this organization is.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that you said at Miss Wisconsin Week that really resonated with me was when you talked about and it's okay if you don't want to talk about this online <laughs> because i that was a private conversation we had um was when you talked about like really discovering who your friends were after uh winning and um i i've just found that really interesting and also really it, it hit home again even on a local level because in a in a, in a maybe smaller scale like people do kind of clout chase they want to be your friend because of this title not because of who you are and one thing that I noticed throughout my year was the more people that I met the smaller my inner circle became um how how was your experience with like friendships then
1: yeah it's I it's kind of exactly like you said you know I think a lot of people show their true colors and it's not hard to see through that Um, In my opinion, it really it really isn't. There are some people that prior to Miss America, you know, being Miss Wisconsin was weird to them. Well, all of a sudden I became Miss America and they were messaging me a lot more often. And I'm like, hmm, you know, just hmm. Um, (laughs) And the tone of conversation completely changed. Um, just a lot of things that were very, very obvious from, from the get go there. And like I said, it's not hard to pick up on. It's not hard to identify when that's happening. Um, I, I specifically feel like this year has taught me a lot about friendships and the people I value. And it's also brought about a lot of new friendships that have been so incredible. Um, you know Kyleen and I got to know each other really well at mi- during Miss Wisconsin week when we competed we sat next to each other in the dressing room she learned a lot about water skiing from me and I learned so much about baton twirling which was so fun because Evie then my my state teen was a twirler so um I got to kind of know a little bit about her twirling world when we were spending the year as as Miss Wisconsin and Miss Wisconsin's teen together but then after becoming Miss America you know Kyleen and I have had a lot of really close moments and, and tough conversations that I just, I I never really expected in a sense. And I, I'm at the point where like we went up north and went, spent a weekend up at the lake together and things like that just for fun and just being human beings together. And it's really been incredible because, you know, this year friendships, yes, I've lost some, but I've also gained some. And I feel like I've surrounded myself with the people that I know I want to, you know, spend. I, I, to to kind of like p- support this thought, um, growing up, I never had, I don't have a childhood best friend. I don't have a lot of people from high school that I still talk to. Um, I don't, like that just wasn't really who I was. I'm a person that I think it's okay to have a friend, a close friend for a year or two years. And if you grow apart, you grow apart. It's Okay. Like, you don't have to try and hold on to that friendship or force that friendship to stay if it's just not happening. Um, So I because of that, I never really had friends that, you know, lasted from kindergarten to present day. That's just not me, despite growing up in the same house, same hometown, everything like that. And. Now, at this point in time, like the people that I call my close friends and the people I spend time with, I'm like, I really hope I spend the rest of my life with you. Like, I really hope that we stay friends because it's just true love and friendship and support and kindness. Um, it's, It's really fun because as Miss America, you know, I spend a lot of time in airports and in hotels and alone, which is a really important thing where this isn't really talked about a lot with this job is how honestly how lonely it is. And there's nothing better than calling those people up when I'm sitting in my hotel room and having an hour long face time with them. Um, and it's it's really special to me. So it it does say a lot where, like I said, yes, it's easy to identify people that all of a sudden their tone shifts. Um, but it's also brought about a lot of new friendships that I am so, so thankful for. And to all of those people, if they're listening, you know, thank you. You know who you are. And it
0: really, really means a lot. So we will wrap things up here. It has been incredible talking to you today. And uh, my last question that I always ask people, and I don't really know why this started, but because I'm a music person, I would love to know kind of what you've been listening to lately. You know, the Oppenheimer soundtrack. but
1: <laughs> Honestly, the Oppenheimer soundtrack, which is so I, I, I wish i had a better answer um but i i've been i have this one playlist that started actually going into miss america it's it was like my miss america playlist and then it turned into so after miss america uh the state class and i we have this like group chat on snapchat and it became grace's frat house um i don't <laughs> don't ask questions okay uh, and now the playlist is named grace's frat house as well so that's been like my big listening throughout this whole year actually um that and then like discover weekly and i'll add on new songs and things like that that i enjoy as time passes um but yeah so i i would listen to very weird like underground indie pop music
0: it's very strange but I it think doesn't surprise me though for whatever reason i'm not surprised thank you, thank you. i'm honored <laughs> All right, Grace. You are a good human. Oh, thank you, Zoe. You are an amazing human. You are. Okay, you well, are, you're an incredible human. You know what? <laughs> you are
1: fantastic. No, I. I do want to. Okay, before we finish, though, I just want to say, like Zoe, I. I I haven't been able to spend a ton of time with you, but I've noticed how people feel around you and how people behave around you. They feel open, they feel warm, they feel welcomed. And that's not something that everyone has, is the ability to make other people feel welcomed and feel open. And you can do that. And that's such a a good and powerful and incredible thing. So you are incredible with or without a crown and sash. You know, I think you know that at this point, so I'm not worried, but... Um I I really think you have such a powerful and, and inspirational story and persona and so much to give to this world and and there's you have so much to offer and I think that that's just really really incredible. So Thank I you. I I'm always cheering for you. I'm always watching. I love it. It's so incredible. You really are an incredible human.
0: Thank you. Well, like I didn't expect to just like be crying at the end of the episode but <laughs> um yeah yeah so i i
1: think you are an incredible human being and i you know i think if everybody were like you the world would be so much better you know it would be so great
0: (laughs) you too though so you know i'd be able to pray for everybody you'd be able to nuclearize our world it uh okay now we're making the words i think god i I love it it. girls (laughs) all righty all right on that note We'll say goodbye to our listeners and I'm waving. They're not gonna be able to see me, but bye everybody.